Hello everyone, and welcome to Uncle's Beach House, episode 59. I'm Jackson, I'm joined by Emma's usual. Nice. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, I'm not even going to get into it. <laughs> Some things are just for you. <laughs> yes. Um, and we're joined by a guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Liv. Welcome um, back, Liv. Yeah. Uh, we did not necessarily been, plan. <laughs> I was going to say it's been ages since you were here, but that was in November, which actually isn't that long ago. I don't know what we were recording about in November. What was it? Megazone 23. Oh, right. <laughs> um, hang, hang on. No, no, Gum. I think you've had maybe the most up and down beach house uh, picks. Well, I think that that only happens if you factor in Megazone 23. I mean, Kaiba's like, you know, second worst, but. I feel like that's like. I mean, like I, you're not I, gonna regret watching Kaiba, you know. I kind of regret watching Kaiba. I was. I mean, I'm glad I saw <laughs> it, but I, I, it's bad. I did not enjoy myself. Okay, okay. Uh, if I'm like Dirty Pair, one of the old time classics. Yeah, Dirty Pair, um, Paranoia Agent. Yeah, Paranoia Agent. Uh, back in uh, the day, uh, Ape Escape Two. Oh I, fuck I yes! Man, yeah, video games. That's gaming. I'm, yes. I'm watching Aria season two right now. Uh, it's fucking good. <laughs> Yes, I, 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 I will likely get to that soon. More anime. It's like, it's been a while. I should just chill with Arya. And guess what? It stole the god same show, same goddamn show. Nothing happening. Yeah. Um, th- there's way more of like the weird cat society stuff in this season. Okay, let's go. Uh, is there just as much like everyone turns into a weird chibi face every five seconds for a gag? Oh yeah, all the time. Good, yeah, yeah. good, good. good. <laughs> Same show. R-R. R-R. <laughs> oh yeah, that lady always be RRing. Uh, that is one of the best gags. Is the one where she just RRs her for like ten seconds straight, and she gets madder and madder. Uh, good show. Anyway, watch Aria. Uh, today we haven't watched Aria though. Uh, we have watched uh, Technolize. You brought Technolize to us. The um, 2003 show uh, from Madhouse, uh, written by Conica. Uh, uh, character designs by um, how do you pronounce it? Is it Abe or is it Abe? What's the guy? Because he's, he's like oh, capital A, capital no, I assume B. it's Abe. Um, it's just like it's like you know, it's a it's a yeah. 
yeah, the word? Like stylized, stylized name. Yeah. Yes. And directed um, by Hiroshi Hamasaki. Yes. Who you will know is not the director of Serial Experiments Lane. The other two are. They're, you know, they're a team on some level. Uh, they've been working no, together. Uh, they work together on Lane. They are still supposedly working together on the one they were met working on <laughs> in 2009 when the, the director died. And like, it will oh, definitely right. come out again one day. But, you know, since then, Konica's posted really hard. <laughs> He's yes. been posting so hard. So I have my doubts about that getting off the ground. Uh, but we'll see, I guess. But yeah, that's Technolize. Uh, and what happens in Technolize? <laughs> Oh fuck! <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes! Oh, oh. Dale didn't uh, even plan that. <laughs> okay, so there's a city called Lux that's underground, right? Yes, yes. But like, not in a way where you'd notice most of the time. It's kind of like a domed city. If you, I, I, yeah. I don't know if you want to <laughs> read into that. And there's there's like a big fucking war happening between like the Organo, who are like the mafia. Um, and the Salvation Union, who are just like a, like a mob. And by that, I mean just like a gang, like a gang. Um, and um, and Rakan, which I honestly barely remember what Rakan's deal is. They're also there. <laughs> They're also there. <laughs> They're and just guy, some dudes. <laughs> a guy comes into town from above. Um, and he goes, and have is, you seen Yojimbo? <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, he's like, what if Yojimbo, but like, I'm actually like the most evil man because I think it's good when people fight for the sake of fighting to remind everyone what it is to be human. And then everyone bounces off each other for about 19 episodes <laughs> before they go up to the city or like a, the, up, the, the upper city. What's the, what's the name of that fucking city? I watched this like a week and a half ago. Oh, up in the surface. Yeah, what's the surface city? Is there a name for it? I think it was a surface, but I didn't. I didn't know. Yeah, the name is called a surface. Okay, so they surface. go up to they go up to the surface, and it turns out everyone there has like fully technolized, which means they've like you know become robot people. But in doing so, in pure like uh, time traveler fashion, have forgotten what it means to be human and just live this like existential malaise. Um, in like the, the remnants of what used to be human society and all of the, the main characters who are human mostly, but have some technolized parts, uh, decide that this is impossible to deal with. Uh, there's a guy here who's like really nihilistic, whatever he sucks. I, I don't care about him. Um, and everyone <laughs> dies. <laughs> and then the main guy who's like a prize fighter, who's been bouncing between these factions the entire time is like, Ah, oh, finally, I've proven what it means to live, and that is to kill everyone else. And falls over and thinks about the the, the girl that he liked. L- liked is ro- not the word I mean here, but like he he cared for this girl who was like psychic, uh, who you know not around anymore. She died. Now he's looking at her, um, a hologram that represents her as he as the credits hit, and I laugh because what the fuck happened here? Yeah, everyone dies. Uh, actually, yeah, it's like the bleakest ending I've ever seen <laughs> for an anime, but it's not like it doesn't hit at all. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So I, I say this, and like literally, like sixteen, seventeen episodes of the show are like. Isn't it cool when there's a gang and a mafia and they're in a war and there's like shifting allegiances and a bunch of guys go, did you hear what that guy did over town? Are we going to stand for that? And everyone goes, no. And they run in, like blow something up. And then their guy's like, oh, we got to hit them back hard. We got to make sure that they don't mess with us ever again. And then they do something stupid and it all escalates and everyone's sad about it because like they never get what they want. I don't like this part of fiction, period. I don't like it in movies. I don't like it in this anime. Um, it. Yeah, it's especially annoying because 
it's clear that the show has grander intentions than that and is not like you don't really like spend enough time with the organo to really like understand the organo and like what it's doing per se it's just like it's just mob people but you still you still spend a lot of time it's like too little time to like <laughs> like really invest in them but not enough time to where like you can like you know just kind of dismiss them as like one moving piece you know what i mean yes. so it's it's just deeply frustrating uh, because it's just inc- it's just like the most boring mob plot that you have to watch like you know a lot of um yeah it seems to think that i care way more than i do about these things um, unfortunately it's weird because like there are definitely anime i've watched and very much enjoy where it's a bunch of factions bouncing off each other and everyone kind of represents a different point of view um, yes like that you know classic story format um but here, I don't think the, like, positions are that interesting. And no one really changes. Like, it's not the thing, you know, the the thing in them, um, because, you know, we've been watching Gundam and Tomino shows, is that those shows are really loud. And everyone's very theatrical. And they yell their point of view. And the other one yells their other one. And they all go back to doing nothing again at the end of the episode. Uh, this is very quiet. and wants to be very more thoughtful and ruminative. And um, I don't think I wouldn't say it's thoughtful. Ruminative, yes, I said, but wants not to be. thoughtful. I said wants to okay. be. <laughs> Um, because it's, you know, the show from the guy that wrote Lane, which does this much better. Uh, but there, I think, like, the quietness and the malaise of the the presentation has, like, a profound effect because it's, it, it's tapping into, like, you know, the feelings of what it is to be listless on the internet. Um, well, yeah, it's about, it's about a single girl who has an identity crisis and is online too much. Yeah. This is about, like five people fighting a war for a city and yet it still presents like lane literally the first episode has like three lines of dialogue in it and you're like what's going on why do i care about any of this and it just assumes you're going to and i don't <laughs> that's not enough yeah and the, the the quietness and the like sadness of the characters doesn't really like relate to any human emotion <laughs> i guess like it's it's it sucks down here and it's taken as rip because that's the world they've made but I, there's no in i don't care i don't i'm not yeah. invested in anyone um and I spent the whole time thinking, do I? Is, is, is it just that this is good and I don't care? Uh, I, you know, is it is it just fine? Is is it me? And then they get to the service and there's like two genuinely good episodes, and I'm like, oh no! <laughs> I, I want to point out uh, those two episodes did not originally air of the show. Yes. They like put them on the DVD, which is just wild. <laughs> They're the two only good episodes of the show. <laughs> show without that there's no it's just wasted everyone's time without the bit where they go up to the surface and uh everyone talks to like the people up there and they're like maybe it's just better just to quietly die and they have to think about that and the doctor's there saying i you know i kind of agree everyone's fighting existence doesn't mean anything it doesn't actually mean cowardice to give up it's just embracing nature uh and i'm like okay i don't agree with these stances but i'm at least engaged in the back and forth when i wasn't when it was two gangs going let's who should we kill first well yeah the the, the way the, the plot goes is everyone up on the surface like fully technologizes the idea that like becoming robots is the next step of humanity if we just all become like forego our like meat shells we will find what's next and it turned out that that wasn't true and in fact like arrested the development of humans as like a species but it was too late other than the people who were down below and so that's why they were spurred to like do something in the hopes that i guess that they would like rise up and overthrow the the people on the surface and take over but that didn't happen because once they lit that match it blew up too bad and everyone's dead 
Yes. Probably. Yes. Um, the thing about those two episodes, one, you, Jackson, you read an interview. It was like, oh, yeah, they these episodes are coming in hot. We just didn't have time. And that's why they didn't make the airing. Right? Yes, that's that's. There's not as concrete information as yet as that, but there's like a thing, a feature in the DVD where there's like, Konica was like a month and a half late on his scripts, um, <laughs> which is very funny um, and I guess makes sense. So I assume it's production reasons they were intended to be there, but I don't, I don't yeah. quite know. A- Asterisk on being late with these scripts because, because <laughs> while these two episodes are fantastic, they're the best part of the show, maybe the only part of the show that's good. Um, they are just Big O season two, which I want to state uh, stopped airing literally like the month before Technolize started. <laughs> just yeah, this pres- man took his scripts, took out took out Roger Smith and Dorothy and Dan Daston, put in a fucking like boring ass mafia plot and shipped it. That's it. <laughs> You posited the idea of being someone working at Madhouse, <laughs> working on uh, Technolize, knowing where it's going, and then like ch- changing it onto the channel and watching the Big O season two and going, hey, what the fuck? Wait a second. Wait a second. That's our thing. He gave us, we're, do- we're doing the thing with the movie theater. I'm animating that right now. What? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the Big O season two, I'm fairly sure, did not air in Japan necessarily. Wait, ne- hang on. Oh. Yeah. I'm looking up. Oh no! Yes, it did. Yes, it did. It totally did. Okay, yes. Okay. okay. I, I just know it was funded by um Cartoon Network. Cartoon so Network. I was yeah. like, I have to go make sure and see if it actually definitely had in Japan. And yes, th- th- those are the Japanese. Yeah, so yes. Imagine you're working on this show that's got like this like scripts are coming in a month and a half late, and you're lo- you're like, oh, you know, this thing's maybe coming together into something. It'll be about something, and you turn on fucking Big O season two, and you get all of these same things, but like presented with like a visual flair and like an energy because it's just a better show with characters you invested in. You're like, motherfucker, we've been had. <laughs> he's, he's taken us for fools. <laughs> His scripts are late. He's been writing this for better right before. And then you're like, oh, we need to, we need to ask him. And then he, he you know, you go into, you go into Kanaka's office and he just disappears like a horse ball <laughs> into the mist. Uh, because that's a cooler guy than anyone in Technolize. You fucking kidding me? <laughs> I uh, he just—he's just the radio um, dial, and he's yes. just repeating the scripts of Big O. <laughs> oh my God! Cast the name of God. Ye not guilty. <laughs> just over and over again in the room. Yeah, so that's the like twist in our coverage here is that everyone on Earth, because of the lineage of the creators, talks about technolizing the like uh, the fact that it's following Serial Experiments Lane. It's like a team up between the directors. It's got a similar tone. Um, but but luckily, I, I feel like this episode would be bad if we had both just watched Lane. But luckily, because yeah. we've watched Big O Season 2, we now know the truth. <laughs> yeah. What if what if instead of uh, the surface everyone's a robot, it's like you know, go out to the farm where the guy's growing tomatoes and the tomatoes are a metaphor for all of humankind because they're whatever, like, things that he had raised after the end of the world, maybe? You never, Big O, the thing about Technolize is Technolize wants to land on, like, a a spiritual answer to, like, what is, what are people fighting for? Um, And Big O Season 2 recognizes that the question is the thing that matters and people's different answers and how those answers inspire each other and people work together. Uh, there's no working together in Technolize because it's a show about a, a guy who doesn't talk, who fights. Uh, all he does is fight until there's no one left to fight. The end. The end. Um, yes. Isn't it beautiful? And I'm like, no, it's kind of stupid. Actually. And if and if they <laughs> say anything like impactful to him, he just punches some drywall until like yeah. episode 18. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, um, yes. 
so yeah, I was just left going like, man, at the end of Big O season two, well, at the time I was like, you know, I wish there was maybe a little more here, but I really liked it. Um, it just sat really well in the memory. It's like, this is what, this is the thing about anime is like someone who grew up in the nineties watching anime. Like I watched Lane really early. Like it was, it was not new, new, but it was new enough. It was a new ish show when I finally, when I watched it in the like early aughts, um, anime was like a thing that was very cool. But, like, you'd get to, like, the three-fourths point of any anime, and you'd be like, well, now they're just talking about a bunch of big concepts, not really understand what's going on. Like, Ava was like this, too. You know, it was a different era. Um, it's like pe people are just talking about a bunch of big ideas, and I can't really follow it. Is it deep, or am I the problem, or is it just kind of stupid? Um, and uh, Big O does that in the framework of, like, a very goofy super robot show, and I think it really works. Um, this show does it in, like, a much more classical sense, where I look at it, and I'm like, I get why if this was like my second or third anime in the era, I'd be like, man, this is fucking deep, but I've seen enough anime. No, it doesn't have to be this way. You can just make a story that's normal with characters. I like and themes that are clear and you didn't. Yes. There's nothing to hold on to. It's, it's weird. Cause it's like, and it, it's going for something, right? But the thing it's going for is actually, it's not that unique. An anime where everyone dies because violence is too inherent in people's nature is about three quarters of anime. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's well, not so here's the thing, here's the thing is the thing that I was really surprised by watching this was once it gets that reveal, it's like, oh, the nature of people's violence and we became robots to try to overcome it, and then it turns out we lost the thing that made us human. I'm like we already watched a show that was trying to do this stuff. It, it was called Turn A Gundam. <laughs> which yes. In its back third is like obsessed the idea that like is is a like oppression from groups in power and the war that comes between them and the people they are oppressing an inherent part of humanity or is it just that we can't escape our own history um and it, it just like sits in it and like turns it over and it literally drives characters in the story like crazy to think about because there's no possible way to answer what is it like if we can escape our culture because you can't escape culture um and it's good and thoughtful and like really sympathetic. And there's a bunch of characters, even the characters who are clearly wrong in their answers. I like a lot because they invest in them. Um, and this show is like, oh, what does it mean to like escape the will to fight? And uh, everyone goes, well, I guess you just die. But then everyone just dies anyway. <laughs> yes. Um... Uh, you have to have the bravery to let some characters be wrong and some characters be maybe right and then conflict and like clash and you think about it and maybe the audience comes to a different conclusion than the creator or maybe they come to like no conclusion but like you have to like dare in your storytelling and i just feel like this is so safe in its nihilism you can be nihilistic i like a nihilistic anime um but i think this i think this nihilism is cowardice yeah because you'd think that would be the point of like each of these differing groups but it's like we just don't get i don't know like like for instance there's like the salvation union and they literally just say five contextless words over and over again and that's like what you're supposed to take is like their stance and it never changes yeah. and it's like that's not that's not like discussing anything yeah. The closest they get is like, yeah. oh, they're, they're, they're like human purists and they're against technolization. Yes. But the reveal is their leader was technolized, but that's why he's against technolization because he's like, look, it's poisoned my body. Uh, and then obviously... The only he... guy that's had this effect, apparently. Yeah, right, because everyone else is fucking totally fine. Um, yes. And uh, this reveal obviously doesn't turn anyone against him because it's clearly 
you know, a narrative that works in his favor. And but then just leads me to question. So, and to be fair, other characters in the story question this. It's like, well, then why did you hide it in the first place? That's your that's your weakness. Uh, if it's obviously not actually prohibiting you from fulfilling your ideological role. Uh, but they just kind of say that to him. And it doesn't really evolve as a debate. They just say that. And then it carries on in this meandering uh, back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a shame. I feel like that's true of all the characters. Like, each of the main characters, doesn't he doesn't have a personality. Like, his whole thing is he just exists to be utilized. But the show's not, like, about what that means. No, he's not even, like... I mean, the dumb version of this right he's not even like a fucking naruto where he's like oh he's super powerful and we've got to we've got to utilize him in our cia or our mafia war uh he just kind of bums around and he's foretold by ron to have uh you know to have this tragic ending and he can he escape it and uh no no yeah i i think there's some implication by this show that his technolization is like quote-unquote different but yeah it's because I don't. Yeah, the only character I really like, and it, it like it ends up falling apart, is Doc, uh, yeah. the woman who technolizes Ichize, and she puts to like make the like she wants to make technolization that like agrees with the human body more. Like it's more, it's more mm-hmm. like natural. I don't know what that means. It's not really explained. It's just like this aesthetic and spiritual sense that like no technolization doesn't have to be like this weird invasive thing. I can just make well, it work. And so, it, and that's kind of wrapped around in this weird sexual consent stuff yes yes <laughs> like yeah. she literally has sex with him to like get his technolized parts on in episode three yes but but he and, hates her so i don't know why that would be well, consensual anyway well the all like the other thing is like like yeah she has to catch him unawares to do this um it's weird because each day is introduced as someone who's like being used by like a mafia boss's like wife or whatever for sex um and she, that's what gets him in trouble and gets his arm and leg yes. cut off because he, he spurns her because he's just a guy, he's just not here for it. Um, but then, you know, when he's down a leg and arm, Doc does it to attach his leg and arm, but also his leg and arm have, are infused with the ashes of his mother that he was carrying around because he couldn't afford to, like, bury her. Um, but then not. Or or was it? <laughs> or was it? Because later on, she's like, obviously, that's not true. That would be stupid if that was true. I just had to tell you something spiritual to make you believe that this was real. And then he's, he's really mad at her for that, but doesn't, like, argue against it because he doesn't really have a perspective in the show. Yeah, I just really like the idea that he had a mom arm. And like, I know, I we love... Was, well, we, she has we, become his mom. Yeah. Is the implication. We yes. stand every time there's a wife whip in any yes. um, <laughs> yeah. media. Put a wife in the arm. If the, if the wife's a mom or, like, a brother or what, I don't care. Just put a beloved one in someone's weapon. I yeah, this is... Mm-hmm. What is that game where you you swing around? Bionic and Commando. Commando. Yeah. Yep. Wife arm. Yep. <laughs> that's that's the wife arm. Uh, Castlevania: The Men of Innocence. The wife whip. Yeah. Um, I learned literally like this week that apparently uh, there's one of these in uh, Skyward Sword. No, mm, she's always the sword. This is not a. Re- this is the only reveal in the marketing. You just meet a woman who is a sword. Okay. All right. For, okay. I ju- I just saw that being going around tweeting. I didn't know. No, no, no. She just lives in the sword. Like she comes out of the sword to talk to you. It's like, what if Navi was the sword? Okay. So it's not as what I I went. I just my brain went to crazy places when I saw that. No. 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 Well, now I'm disappointed. But here. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's- but then her whole thing falls apart because all she wants to do is like be reaccepted in the class, which are a bunch of like technolized mad scientists like aesthetes, right? But they they just are weirdos. They're just fucking weirdos. 
Yeah. And the, the 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 entire thing is deeply reactionary, which is obviously not surprising knowing where Konica's gone, but like uh this is the first thing I've watched with him. I'm like, oh, I see it. I straight line, straight line. Because the the argument about um uh like tantalization is a purely aesthetic one. Uh in a way that yeah. I find very childish and like I said, very reactionary of like it is more spiritually useful for humans to make an arm that looks like an arm. However, if you make a person into like a weird fucked up weapon that doesn't look like a, you know, proper uh, proper person, then you have poisoned their spirit somewhat because we see the shapes later. And it's like designing purely for function is inherently evil. And there's no discussion of like, like it does it in the, the um, you know, the shadow of like the mecha genre where the further mechanization of people is allowing them to be weapons which is a like valid line of critique but the show's more interested in like the good technolization is the one where the prosthesis is basically just as aesthetically pleasing as a normal acceptable body and the ugly technolization is the one where you get fucked up and weird and that's like the moral through line of the show uh yeah. it never complicates that that's just like what it believes i'm like that's just fucking wrong that's not what's bad about uh like the the replacing of body parts with uh technology in cyberpunk or whatever that is always almost always used as a discussion of bodily autonomy and ownership because those parts have to be made by someone and produced by a corporation or a state uh, but that that's kind of mostly absent apart from the stuff where they all connect to the obelisk uh it's it, yeah there's uh. there's like a little bit of that in like episode Three where Onishi's yes. like got his legs and and I, I was like oh you know maybe this could go somewhere no no because she <laughs> she says like oh you'll never be able to pay these off uh, which I'm like yeah. okay that's that's the normal way this plot goes but that doesn't really end up coming up again because he just goes like following her and bouncing around yeah. these factions I don't really get a sense of like how the state functions and looks which is obviously like i know i'm a cliche person who always brings it up uh but it does also it does it wants to be a story about big societal ideas so it has to address that and it kind of doesn't <laughs> no exactly it's it's like it's like outside of the three groups everyone else just seems to be like market vendors <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like yeah, as far as i know um yeah i guess there's um there's ron and and her group but i i don't I don't have much to say about that. No, me neither. Just a disappointing show. Yeah. I it's a sh- I I do like some of the like aesthetic flourishes of uh the show a lot. Like um I will say the uh the next time ons are, are very cool where they're like mm-hmm. they project the show onto like a like an actual wall. Uh, and it, there's like weird mumbling underneath. Um, I think that's cool. And there's like, there's some cool moments of like animation and like color work and stuff like that. In a way that like, if the show was like six episodes, I could even tacitly recommend it. But it's 22. Yeah, they don't yeah. even introduce the part where like there's a prophesized thing about his future until episode 13, <laughs> which is like <laughs> right. ostensibly the plot of the show. Um. But barely matters by the end of it. Yeah, because it's been... like, yeah, he kills some guys because those guys like were sucked. <laughs> but doesn't really matter by that point. It also like, um, it's not very funny. 
<laughs> no. Which is not it's a thing definitely that, serious. Which is not a thing that necessarily matters, but I do think in these kind of endings and this this kind of anime, there is definitely a history of like there is a dark comedy to the fact that the entire world ends. Like I've read Devil Man, right? Uh it is partially it's not a joke, but it is like a bitter tragedy of like, lol, the world ended and we thought we could escape this, right? There's no like twists to it. Uh, there's the like you... an escalation that's really fun mm-hmm. um but th- that's just and that it kind of goes for that in like the back seven episodes but there's just none of them yeah it's not like felt in that way uh i just think there's like a, a way of presenting nihilism here that's like so straight-faced and boring where normally there's like a little um just you know even in something like end of eva which is a very famously you know nihilistic movie uh the, it, it's just pointed. It is, this is, feels so boring about it and stayed. I don't actually think, oh, what an awful thing you've done, killing everyone. I mean, even yeah. End of Ava, like, I don't like that. Right. But it is about your prior investment in the characters of Shinji and right. Asuka and how that plays out. And whether you like it or not, I think kind of depends on where your sympathies lie. We're like, fuck Shinji, so that movie's bad. Um, but... Um, it, you know, it, it understands that storytelling is about investing in a character and then things happen to them and you, you see through their eyes what's happening and your own baggage comes with it. And that's where your reaction comes from. There's nothing here. There's no there's no characters. Yes. Because um, I think about, uh, the you know, the famous Devilman thing is uh, obviously the ending. But uh, the, more, the more famous bit, and this is a plot point that um, doesn't exist in Technolize, not that it needs to. But it does it like put a philosophical difference in how it's portraying this is where you know the the famous scene with Devil uh, Devil Man spoilers for Devil Man Crybaby and everything uh, the bit where the really nice girl gets her head on a spike <laughs> yeah uh, that's the actual yeah. bit where Devil Man ends and everything like and it becomes a kind well, of yeah it inspires it inspires him to embrace nihilism because if she's dead what does anything else matter and as the viewer I'm also like well yeah like fucking burn it all down now like who cares but the world here just sucks from the start so there's no I don't get a sense of like we've we've yeah now we've crossed the threshold now it's all fucked uh, yeah there's no it just is it just sucks from beginning beginning to end it's only the bit where they got to the earth and you see like this other vision of nihilism it's it's, it's, uh, it's still nihilism but it's, it's another vision of it that I'm like okay there's something happening here. There's a tension to be explored the, the thing is like this entire show is about two cities that like Kino would have bounced into and out of in two episodes. <laughs> yes. yes. Holy no, shit. Truly. Yes. And it's like, Oh yeah. Down here. Everyone's like a bunch of warring gangs, but they all kind of want the same thing. And they just can't admit it to each other because of their stances. And you go above and it turns out, Oh, they're actually all being controlled by these super robots. Who've just like super robot. <laughs> these people who have been robotized, not super robots. It'd be way cooler if there were super robots up here. Um, <laughs> I agree. Uh, what if this show had super robots? I wonder what that'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh you go up there and like oh they're they're keeping them down as like an ex- like these are maybe maybe someday humanity will rise up um and overthrow us but we're just gonna sit here at our end state this cul-de-sac of existence until that happens um and kino would be like man it really sucks here too and then ride on to another town where everyone's dogs or something uh, <laughs> doesn't happen here <laughs> I want the Kino's journey where Kino's just showing up into other, like, really self-serious dystopian <laughs> anime. anime. <laughs> and just quietly going, oh, that's a bit stupid, isn't it? <laughs> um, anyway, I think this show is genuinely really bad. I had a miserable time watching it. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 you didn't know. You didn't know. I didn't know. I, I was like, hey, look, I was, Lane Talent. 
Kanata yeah, been, in his prime. What I've been waiting on? to watch this. I've had this to watch for years now because I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll watch this. This seems cool. I'd seen the OP. The OP rips. It's yes. like, damn, I can't wait for this, like, cool, like, violent, like, you know, noir Kanaka show. And no, no. Nope. Nope. Anyway, we were watching this. Um, I was complaining because I was done with this before both of you, I think. And uh, Liv, you were like, we could just watch something else. What if we watched a good anime instead? And I was like, I'm 15 episodes in. You all have to commit. <laughs> I refuse to fail now. I hadn't, start- I hadn't started at that point. And I got the DM like, you're telling me I might not have to watch this? That apparently it's bad? Uh, and then you were like, no, I've done my job. You will do yours. <laughs> Very funny. Um, but we were, we were, you were also like, we could just watch something else. And I was like, you know what? What if we just also watch something else on top of Technolize? Um, and you had a suggestion. It's a show that Jackson liked and I haven't seen. And it's a good excuse to get it in. Um, we also watched Dallas. Nineteen eighty-three four-episode OVA, uh, directed by Hiyosuke Toriyumi and uh, Mamoru Oshii, written by uh, same guys. The first OVA, supposedly. Yes, I think there's debate between this and like a hentai thing. Yes, <laughs> which is um, the most perfect anime history point. Um, um, amazing, beloved mech show Dallas Jackson. What happens in Dallas? Uh, so, um, uh, I forgot the, um, I was going to do the opening monologue from Gundam, but I forgot the, uh, <laughs> the specific oh. wording. Uh, but anyway, it's the future. Uh, overpopulation and the draining of Earth resources have caused problems. And these problems are fixed by shipping off a bunch of the population to, uh, uh in this in this series, it is the moon, not colonies. They go to the moon and they create mining colonies on the moon. Uh, and the mining and production from the moon provides the ability for earth to once again prosper yet on the moon themselves they must live a harsh life as a labor class uh, oppressed by a, uh, a government on earth with a federation that doesn't recognize them and understand their rights from this follows the entire plot of the 1966 movie the battle of algiers yes <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as uh, we follow uh, Shun Nanamura, who is uh, a teenager uh, oh, on the moon, a third generation colonist, um, caught up in a guerrilla war led by Dog McCoy, a second generation colonist, uh, who wants to fight against uh, the uh, oppressive moon forces by encouraging them to do like uh, guerrilla attacks, uh, some, some terrorist attacks, and is trying to put pressure on the first generation colonists who uh, are like the de facto leaders of um the settlers as a as like a group uh to encourage them to put on a general strike uh and that will show you know all the production shuts down and the earth won't have any materials anymore uh and from this will in- force them to in- in- acknowledge the independence of these colonies as states that are not controlled by earth uh in the shadow of this is a uh 
mysterious uh, machine uh, that the first generation settlers worship as a god called Dallas, a giant face. No one knows why it was built. They suspect that the first scientist that came here must have built it for a purpose, but it seems way too big and wild for it to be doing that. Uh, you know, in the, the fight goes there early on and they blow it up and it repairs itself. And uh, in the final fight uh, between Dog and Alex's forces, Alex being the leader of the, uh, the, uh, like the moon, the moonopolis Earth Federation forces, uh, it has evolved a defense mechanism to attack both sides and stop the conflict that has bubbled up. Um, and it just seems like a classic mysterious god uh, of human conflict that will one day pass judgment uh, on what's going on. But but it is not fully awakened. It is just there occasionally intervening. And throughout uh, this weird situation of tension, Shun must decide whether he sides uh, with the peaceful ways of the first generation colonists and like trying to figure out a way to uh, coexist with Earth or the uh, guerrilla ways of Doug, Mc Doug McCoy, uh, who wants to um, fight against them in a, in a proper battle. Uh, and after the, the conflict of the show dies down, uh, he still doesn't know who to side with. Uh, he rides out with his dying grandpa to the uh, near side of the moon. Uh, and for the first time in his life, and anyone who lives on the moon's life, in you know at least since the first generation, is able to witness the Earth. Uh, and see it as he stands among the graveyard uh, of all of the early settlers who were never able to go home, uh, and realizes that uh, actually this was a stupid question. He has to fight with the with the good guys <laughs> and take up arms against the Earth Federation, even if the rebels might suck and have like. Um, ideological issues uh and arguments and it might just lead to further warfare inaction is just to to continue uh this oppression uh and that's where dallas ends uh as this boy realizes that there is no oh, third way yeah, actually faction. it ends it ends with the earth federation going we're gonna we live, fucking kill harmony you. with these people but then they decided that they wanted theirs and absolutely not so yeah. i guess it's war i guess it's war <laughs> yes. um and yeah that bit's incredible because it's just like all audio and you just hear like the 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 chorus of voices going like yeah fuck them <laughs> basically this is basically a uc like 35 show i don't know like, yes. yes yeah uh, people were starving for zeta gun <laughs> yeah, this is this is, is pre-zeta this is uh yeah yeah like, yeah, um, yeah. But fundamentally, like the movies yeah. the movies hit gundam group big and oh she's like oh, i've got some ideas about this because I, I, it's also yeah. important to stress, the thing I didn't notice uh, is that um, Shun is not a new type, but is new type coded when he does things with machines. He's the one that figures out how, uh, like, worker robots can be used as weapons. And it's like, I didn't yes. mean that. I was like, a, I wasn't trying to weaponize things. And Doug was like, but you did. You, you like, this is what your gift of understanding machinery innately is. Uh, and so they do talk about, like, those broad ideas as well. Um in a way that I was very chuffed about because I feel like that stuff has got lost when anyone else mentions what new types are. Uh, but it's, yes, very much engaging with those ideas and following up on Gundam in many ways. Yeah, the thing I liked, um, one, this is a great show. Uh, just straight up. Um, yeah. I had kind of dragged my feet on watching it, uh, mostly because I I assumed that it would just be like, you know, one of these kind of like realist robot shows compressed. I was like, oh, in episode three, the, the Dallas will stand up and then like the boy will like merge it or whatever. Like maybe some instrumentality will happen and we'll be out of here. Um, 
little did I know. None of that happens. <laughs> no. Um, but the the way in which it like Shun um Shun's brother was part of the uh the the terrorist, right? Yes. And a lot of it is him just wanting to find out is his brother still alive, what happened to him, what like why haven't we heard from him, all this stuff. Um and also he's getting pressure from his parents and his grandfather because by being terror like by being settlers from another generation um like is like the old people are sympathetic to earth because they're people they are from earth right they're like we're from earth we know what it's like to have been on earth our, our interests are aligned with the people of earth we're still here trying to help out earth prosper we're just like a, a branch of that we're like on the frontier um and then the parents are a little less like you know they're they, they just want to live their lives and raise their kids out here in a hard world and third generation's like fuck earth like why do we need them we're this is the life we know uh and why are we paying tribute to some distant planet we never live on? Right. Like aren't even allowed um, to see. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so it's so like wrapped around the idea that like colonialism requires people to have the ties to uh, like the, the, you know, the settler colony that they're, they're bought in on. Um, and the full like rebellion that kicks off in this is not because of like the ideology of like, Oh, earth versus the moon. It's when the cops accidentally blow up Dallas, the people who have just started worshiping Dallas as like a folk tradition, get really pissed. They blew up their God. Um, and then once Dallas repairs itself, most of the rebels go back home and start working in the mines again. <laughs> yes. It's like the idea that this, this power of revolution is so hard to kickstart. Um, and it isn't, you can't just convince people with the, the argument of like earth is extracting resources and exploiting these people. It's, it's still not enough for a person who's just going about their day to day. And like, that's the depressing part, but also the thing you have to recognize and like work beyond, um, if you want to get anywhere, it's so like entrenched the idea of like, what do people actually fight for and how do you inspire them? Um, and the answer is eventually the, the, the state itself will fuck up enough that everyone will get really mad. <laughs> Uh, yes. Um, and understand that like in most, uh, revolutionary acts, right. Um, the revolution is precipitated by violent state action that has to be responded yes. to, yeah. uh, because the status quo can't like maintain itself because the state it just needs to push further, uh, which is the most like, this is, you know, this is why we didn't do a full episode on this because it's kind of cartoonishly our shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In a way that's a little embarrassing. We're like we can't do a full episode on it, but we can do it with Technolize and compare them and contrast them. Um Well it's also like we have two hundred plus episodes of GDP that are just us saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah, and it was really nice to see like someone make a direct response to Gundam engaging with those exact ideas before even Zeta. Just like they're already there. Yeah. Yeah. You just look at first Gundam and go, First Gundam didn't really talk about this stuff. It like is on the periphery, it's in the novels a lot more, but like you can just make the show about this. And then Tomino's like, you, you can't just make the show about this. <laughs> yes. I did a little bit in Idion, but not in like a materialist way, in a much more like broad spiritual way. But yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, it's really good. Also, uh, this is neither here nor there, but um, Alex, the cop, the super cop from Earth, who comes on, comes in to try to like deal with the everything and ends up wrapped up in it is voiced by Shuichi Ikeda. Um, before he gets typecast as just doing Charaznable his entire life and characters who sound and act like Charaznable, and he does a great job in a much different role here. Yeah, it yes. doesn't sound like oh shit, that's Shah in yeah. a way which you know 
that happens. He's in... just doing some acting. Like Alex yes. is just a different character, like different motivations, and he's like an interesting uh, foil in that, like you know, he represents the Earth's interests, but also he's like genuinely like invested in like Shun needs to figure out what he wants to do, and if we end up on other sides of this war, then we'll deal with that then. But like, I want to help the kid. He's clearly a little lost. Yes. Um, and his evil, not quite space princess, like Earth politician's daughter, fiance. Uh, the um... her stuff's so good because she she gets like she's like kidnapped um, at the end of the first episode, and so she like sees the inner workings of like this attempted yes. revolution. And then her only takeaway by episode four is like, all right, I'll I'll, I'll just tell Earth that like it's it's kind of bad for y'all. Yes, she's and, also like, it does nothing. Obviously, she has she has uh, Leiji Matsumoto hair, and she's voiced by Yoshi, uh, Yoshiko Sakakibara. So she's just perfect. the perfect '80s anime lady. Yes. <laughs> um, yes, and then there's also Rachel, which is like his childhood friend type, um, who is literally voiced by <laughs> Rimiko Kai, who voiced Frappo. Yes, like you just can't get any more on the nose than this. It's wild. It's fucking wild. Like Frappo's yeah. here. Hanging out and being like, I'm your childhood friend. I'm doing stuff. Uh, yeah. Crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I I, um, I really liked the show the first time I saw it. I was rewatching it this time and I was um, just taken aback by just how good it was. Uh, I think the first mm-hmm. time I was really impressed by obviously the, the themes and the story being, you know, oh, this, I love this stuff. I eat this stuff up. Um, this time I was like, this is incredibly well animated. There's like so many cool shots and cool bits yes. of framing. Um it's just a great looking OVA. I'm just t- I'm telling you, the future of uh, Beach House is doing a bunch of OVAs. Most of them probably stupid, but you look at them and go, "God damn!" Like even Megazone, like you know, Megazone was not a great, ultimately not a great time. But that first one and a half is like, man, they just fucking animate the shit out of these things, huh? Yeah, I mean, this yeah. is um, this isn't stupid luck, but that's mostly by luck yes. of just who they got. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the way it looks is just like, damn, OVAs be hitting. <laughs> And yeah. it's always like, it, like in this case, given that's the first OVA, like it does look just a lot like any other show of this time. But then, oh well, yeah, like it's, have it's... some special violence of like, oh, they got a little air in their suits, so now that their head is just a bloody mist. Yeah, I mean, it's animated by Puro, <laughs> who has just been doing TV through yes. like the eighties. Like this is just a television ass studio. Like they are working on Ursa Yatsura and Miss Machiko, and you know, like just normal TV that is air. Like you know, they did one hundred and seven episodes of Ursa Yatsura. Um, yeah, so she, she got that little extra yes. spit shine, and it's yeah. yeah, it's great. Studio Dean took over 108. Oh, okay, yeah, sure, of course they did. Oh, that's when oh she stopped directing. Yes, <laughs> I knew that happened at one point, but I didn't know exactly. I mean, it lines up that they pr- they probably. I mean, they didn't probably stop just to do this, but the- oh, she probably moved a lot of that team just over onto this. Would be my guess. It's well, yeah, probably around the same time. I think um, 90, beautiful, yeah. beautiful dream is in the middle there as well. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a fucking movie. Damn. Yeah. Uh, I that's that's the thing I would like to do this year. Of uh, I know I'm not going to be able to watch all of Ursula, but I want to what re- watch yeah, a bit of it, watch the movies, familiarize myself with it. My one time, I will allow myself a skip list. Um. I don't even know about a skip list. You can just watch first couple episodes, get used to who the characters are, and then watch Beautiful Dreamer. Um, yeah, I just mean I want to familiarize myself with the show, but I don't have time to watch 100 episodes of it. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I've watched, I've watched like 20, and I watched Beautiful Dreamer and had a fine time. Oh, yeah. It's not to prepare for Beautiful Dreamer. I just know the show's also yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, but, yes, I want to... F- that's just an area I'd like to go down. Because I like Oshi stuff, and... Um, 
Yeah. I want to see more of his uh, comedy things. Because I like him a lot, but this is him in his most like real politics mode. No yes. jokes. No time for jokes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Closest oh. thing to a joke. I think with my subs, they were calling him Dog McCoy. Yes, Dog McCoy. Which dog is also. the most like randomly American <laughs> thing in the middle of it. Um, it's Dog McCoy. Yeah. I assumed it was intentional because there's also a bit in, what is it, like episode two where there's like eight billion dogs like fighting? It's it's so good. I love the dogs. In I this. mean, the police have like cyber dogs that fight with them? Yes. Yes, yes. and they're like running on the, the pipes. <laughs> so good. It's great. Yeah. I, I, so I assumed it was like an intentional like, you know, his name's Dog and Katakana because... Like, these are the, the ground forces of the war, right? Yes. Like dogs of war, mm-hmm. like, quite literally. Uh, I also assume that. Like, the, it says Doug here on the uh, Wikipedia page, but I, I yeah. trust the subs more. Yeah. Um, You know, ro- uh, Katakana names are just like that. There's ambiguity. Yes. But, um... Uh... I was just, yeah, great show. I think the, like, final five minutes are um, spectacular. Uh, I love the this, like, protagonist boy who's flitted between both sides and doesn't know the right way to do war. Like, realizes the... the he does not obviously say in this language, but this is just, like, the thing we know from these shows. The, the, the machine standing up and doing some kind of magical, spiritual, third-way solution isn't a real idea and if it is a real idea he has no control over it so all he can do is fight with the like factions that exist right now yeah Uh, he cannot just make i will make the third way faction to make the world right in my own way he must just fight with the rebels that exist you're saying you're saying this is a a bullet directly in the head of kiri i'm saying this is a bullet directly in the head of kiri but like it's not just kiri yamada this this has happened in fucking half of anime is yeah i know you have the sympathetic guys who are on the right side and but the protagonist realizes they're too, their hands are too dirty. I must wait and make a new solution. And this show just says, that's a stupid... You can only work with the things that already exist. You can't just create a new solution with no history. Uh, that That's a fake idea. And it's a fake yeah. idea because no matter what you do, uh, the like actual oppressors are coming to send every bit of force to your way regardless. Yeah. I love that this like realization is triggered by... like this like huge grave site too that is also circular in the same way that like his home is like yes they're they're like they mirror each other in, in that way and now they can't even like because they like um they buried them there so that they could like be facing toward the earth but now they won't even let them do that um and yeah i just thought i was like a great visual moment too to like really hammer that in but it's just, yeah it's just so good <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I love everything in the the last five minutes of the show. I just I just yeah. adore it. Um, I think that that graveyard's so powerful, uh, and the sense of like we've seen the um, the death that happens in the show, um, and this is a thing that a lot of media and anime about you know terrorists or some kind of resistance force will have to reckon with. What does it mean that we're probably getting innocent people killed? Uh, and this is just a really really good way of showing um that these are the innocent people that die like you know the thing we talk about when we try to have the argument about child counterattack right with the thing the state's already killing people every day through inaction through hunger through a million different reasons and this isn't counted as much and 
this is a really good way of Shun just walking into the middle of the like direct evidence of all of that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, even even Tomino is like. When Tomino is like, I'm going to make a story about what happens when intervention happens in the face of utter nihilism. Like, this goes back to Technolize, even. Yes. If everyone's willing to commit to killing each other, there's no way out. We can't talk. We're just going to fight until everyone is dead. The literal only solution is an act of God that can reset the universe. Yes. You have to find something else because the other thing's a miracle, and miracles aren't fucking real. Yeah. Uh, God. The fact that Dallas exists and is like a god watching over everyone and then they never do anything with it is I know, like... The thing that people complain about with the show, uh, and people talk about, like, oh, this show is clearly unfinished. It was meant to be a full TV series, and blah, 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 blah. And then, <laughs> like, we never revealed Dallas' purpose. Whereas I think, like, maybe that would have happened if they had. Every different... other mech show reveals Dallas' purpose. Yeah. <laughs> right? This ending, having, like, sitting on the ambiguity, the battle happened, the, 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 a lot of people died, but the situation hasn't changed, and yet, like, the, history continues and the forces of you know uh that are pushing against each other continue to like settle in different ways under yeah. the shadow of this god that can't be relied on just is uh mysterious and is powerful and reveals that there is a spiritual purpose to existence right like Dallas exists and can't be understood and therefore this materialism isn't enough but in the face of its like silence you still have to live and do things and fight for yourself uh and it's just expresses that really well also, it's 1983. There's literally 12 other shows airing right now that you can watch about what happens when the robot gets up. Um, this airing the same time as, like, Votoms, I think. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't, it would also, like, probably Dunbine's around here. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, like, everyone's working. Like, this is, this is the, like, vibrant era of mech anime. Like, there's so many shows that are all from this era. I'm going to 82 and 84. Between yeah, Dumbine's, Dumbine, Dumbine's the entirety of 83. It's like February 83 to February 80, or January 84. I'm not... Uh, this is between 82 and 84. We have... And this is purely slowing by popularity and not even tagging by Mecca. Uh, we got Macross in there. We've just got the Gundam movies. We've got Vodums. Uh, God, yeah, there, there's Dallas. There's Elgheim. There's yeah, Dumbine's here. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Anime's popping off. Did you see him... <laughs> shun's credits like voice actor credits no i did not he has been in exactly three things <laughs> oh, i love when that happens what are I, they those three things are obviously dallas as yeah. shunora uh space runaway idiot as moera <laughs> oh yeah sure uh and ghost the cellist as ghost the cellist <laughs> okay <laughs> just three <laughs> there you go uh wild right. yeah uh, that's not true. The Anime News Network says he's also an Esper Mommy in episode 69. Nice. Oh, well, uh, apparently Annie, Annie List did not go deep enough in those, for those cuts. <laughs> yeah. I do trust Anime News Network more. Yeah. Random side character in a single episode of 120 episode long Match Girl show literally no one has seen in this country. In this country. Yeah, did they even have subs? <laughs> yeah. Probably not. Uh, probably not. Probably not. I don't actually know. Oh wow! The f- hey, the first uh, the first show that Oshie ever directed got subs last year. Damn, crazy. Good. Is Pat Labor live action out yet? No, they still haven't fucking done the Pat Labor live action show. They've got the movie. You can get subs for that, but you can only get subs for the first two episodes of the Pat Labor live action show. Uh, if anyone's oh, listening who does anime this. subs, uh, that's my <laughs> yeah, most. Please, please do the thankless job of uh, translating Pat the dialogue-heavy Pat yeah. Labor live-action show that no one's gonna fucking watch. 
Please thank you for me. Uh, God. Do we have anything more? Anyone got more takes? No, I'm glad I finally watched this. Um, I'm glad I was wrong because I was I was talking to you as I was watching it, and I got to like episode two, and I was like, yeah, it's fine, I guess. But like, you know, the robots can get up, and it'll be yeah, it'll be exactly like every one of these. Um, no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. Yes. I love to be surprised by things being like smaller, but better than you expect. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I feel like anime often strives to go the other way, especially in an OVA format. And um, yeah, just good. Mm-hmm. Fuck Technolize. Watch this. I'm really excited to finally get to Digimon and see where uh, the, the Kanaka, you know, meter swings on that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm curious about Digimon and how it goes this time, but I also, like, I need to go find some, like, I don't know when the the last time he was actively writing anime was. I think Ghost Hound, or okay. maybe not Hound, but um, something like that, uh, which looked cool, but who knows. I um I really want to watch uh, Rossifon, which probably won't be for anything, but I want to watch that. Uh, I would also like to watch that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was Ghost Hound? That was uh, yeah, still in two. It might not be two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Is that is that really the last thing he's working? Well, he on? he worked on the, the show's called Despera, and that doesn't exist. That was the show they're working with the uh, you know. Oh right. Arby was involved, and the lane director was involved, and the lane director died. Um. Yeah. And, but apparently, as as late as last year. Uh, was like we're to- we're still working on it. We're still gonna make that happen. Um, also revealed that he pitched a show called Digimon Tamers Twenty Twenty, which Toei passed on. <laughs> so, oh, is that what kicked off the reveal about all that bullshit? Yeah, that, I assume all that went into the uh, fucking okay. that that like live show instead. That was very yes. dumb. But imagining if that was like a full Digimon Tamers is coming back anime, and that was in anime form. Uh, you know, what? I wish it happened. How cancel, cancel culture is real and bad, and we have to stop it. <laughs> I I want I want that to be. I wish that that happened so bad because I love chaos. <laughs> oh, you love chaos, huh? I love chaos. <laughs> uh, it's enough of that. One <laughs> <laughs> of. Uh... Someone, I heard uh, Olivia recently tweeted, thank you, uh, Stranger Paradise, for killing the phrase chaos and culture. <laughs> and I was like, is that true? But you said chaos, and I immediately, like, Metal Gear, like, alarm signal went off in my brain. So, yes, it did, in fact, kill chaos, the idea of chaos as a word for culture, for briefly, uh, at least. For briefly, at least, at least in anyone who's gaming. Yeah. Because uh, he's here to kill chaos. <laughs> yep. Kanaka wrote Devil Lady, like the anime version? That's fucked up. Okay. I bet that's really bad. Oh, he wrote the Kino's Journey movie I haven't watched. I need to watch that. I, I didn't... I, I watched the first uh, movie, uh, the like 30 minutes one, but it was so fucking terrible that I did not carry it. Oh, on. yeah. The other movie's um way more normal. I assume it can't be as bad yeah. as prequel where all of the gender yes. stuff is revealed in the stupidest way imaginable. Uh yeah no it's just like a normal episode <laughs> yeah okay because I I like regular Kino's journey but whoa, yeah yeah whoa. uh but no thank you very much for coming on Liv yeah um um oh sorry were you gonna say something <laughs> freak up yeah I got I got a, I got a thing to plug um, yeah okay 
I'm doing a, a podcast with my friend Tariq um, called TBH and AME Podcasts. We just got started a couple months ago. Uh, we're doing Full Metal Panic for our first show. So we finished the first season and we're going to record our episode on Fumofu today. Uh, our first episode on it. Is that which... the one whenever someone brings it up, everyone goes, ugh. No. I... I have found it surprisingly good, especially okay. compared I, to the first season. And it's notably the first uh, Kyoto animation show. Okay. Um, there's there's so one it Full Metal Panic amazing. thing where I know people hate. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's one specific thing. I thought, okay, I didn't know. I, I, yeah. I oh, thought Full Metal it, Panic was, like, enjoyed. It's, yeah, I mean, there's shit in it. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nice. It's, it's got a lot of gross sexual shit. Uh, Full Metal Panic, let me see if I'm right. Is, is Full Metal Panic the one about the mech pilot who comes to a school and decides to be, like, the glorious knight for a random princess who doesn't know she's a princess? She's just, like, a girl at the school? Is that the plot, or am I completely More wrong? or less, yeah. Okay. There's less of that than you'd like, and then Fumofu's just like, what if we just made that the show, and it's like good comedy hijinks? And I'm like, yes, thank you. Okay, because my, yeah, my concept <laughs> yeah, of the be, show... It might be Second Raid is the thing everyone I know doesn't like. I don't actually know. There's like me, third-hand things people <laughs> yeah. said in our Discord. Well, there's, there's, there's Second Raid, and then there's a... An additional season, thirteen years later. Yeah, oh, no. a, there was like one that was which recent. might be terrible. Yes, um, um, but I always thought of that as the show where like a random like hot boy mech pilot landed in the fucking playground and said that he was your princess knights. Uh, and that sounds alright. I was like, I I bet the show's not quite that, but it sounds cool. It has its moments. Yeah, um, I'm excited to to get through the rest of it. That's been fun to watch because that was both like a show we watched when we were five and they've just had like <laughs> the memories of it for the past 20 years. Uh, uh, good to fill that in because anime sometimes hits you weird in like the memory. Um, like it's kind of sorted out now, even though I haven't seen the show for the longest time, I would get full metal panic panic and bubblegum crisis mixed up in my head constantly. And I don't think they're anything like, <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah. Um, all right, uh, Jackson, next month, we're going to be doing another anime. What are we doing? What are we doing? That's a great question. Right. We're doing, um, Mushka Tensei Jobless Resurrection. I think, unless that's another month. I'm fairly sure that's what we're doing. No, no, no. That's it. Yeah, I just okay. can't remember the name. I can't remember Mushko Tensei to save my fucking life. We are watching that. That is a, uh, anime from, uh, last year, well, last year, uh, 23 episodes. Yes. Isekai. We're going to Isekai Town. We're fucking going. We're stepping on the gas <laughs> and we're not stopping till we get to Isekai City. Yeah. Uh, so strap in. Let's go. I'm going to start a side podcast where all I do is watch Isekais. I know. You've been joking to me about doing this enough where uh, it's getting ridiculous. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm actually going to do it as the thing because that would involve actually watching Sword Art Online and I'm not willing to do that. Um, you don't have but, to watch that online. You can just leave that as the empty space in the middle. Let me let me pitch. Okay, if you're listening, to this, let me pitch you a podcast. You can take this idea. I don't want it. I'm not going to do it on time. Start with Sword Art Online as like this is like the, the ground zero of modern isekai. And then after you finish Sword Art Online, maybe just do the first season. I don't know. Do what you want. I'm not your boss. This is your podcast now. Uh, go to whatever whatever isekai aired right before Sword Art Online. Watch that. Talk about it. And then go to whatever uh, Isekai aired right after Sword Art Online. Mm. Watch it, talk about it. And then just veer back and forth through time 
forever because it'll never end. Eventually you'll run out of old stuff and you'll just be watching Isekai in order of their release and you'll want to <laughs> die. But that's like the reward at the end of your journey. <laughs> the reward. Yeah. yeah uh, we, we were really laughing at this idea because it was like the idea of going back like f- further forward as you get through fucking Lockerize and you see the ridiculous um, the, the Isekai that's all about capitalism and business and also the ones that are sort of online pilled about the cool guy who fucks everyone. And then further back you just see all the weird shoujo stuff before Isekai yes. got poisoned this way and doing both of those in different orders at the same time was a chaotic podcast yeah, idea but then you, you you know you hit you hit uh dunby and you're like fuck now it's all modern stuff now we gotta read narnia well here's the thing you know, I, <laughs> my my perception of this is you don't have to do any light novels because so many of them aren't in english and you, you know manga is hard it's weird just do anime everything anime mostly gets translated i know that's not true but it's true enough for this podcast uh it's free idea do whatever you want I'm just saying I would I would listen to it. So if you want to do that and you're not a dirtbag and you're not a weird proto-fascist or real fascist, whatever, you know, the people who watch a lot of Isekai, um, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> uh, you've got to watch Digimon Adventure Zero Two and Digimon Adventure Backwards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's the thing is like, if I was going to do this myself, I would like, if you hit something, it's like, oh, season two of this show came out before or started online. I would just go and watch the whole thing, like season one and season two together or whatever. Yes. But. You figure it out on your own. It's your own problem. I like. I thought about this, and I was like, "Yeah, that does present some weird problems going backwards through time. Not mine to solve, thank God." Just a funny idea to laugh about and forget. I like. I said, I'll listen to the shit out of this podcast. <laughs> do it. That's true. That's true. Uh, um, well, yeah. Because <laughs> the thing is, I need someone I trust <laughs> to tell me which isekai are good, so I can watch them. Um, some of them are good. Yeah, but I don't know. And I don't trust anybody. <laughs> I mean, that's how I was like. I was like, Luck Horizon's actually okay. You should watch that. And you did, and it was fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, I should watch season three, but I know it doesn't end. I want, like, another Isekai thing to, like, watch. I mean, we're going to watch Mashoko Tensei. Yeah, but, we, we've got um, one. Your wishes have yeah. been granted. Yeah, but I know that's not over. Like, what, what's out there? What's a, You know, it's a big genre. It's a thriving genre. There's so many things. Are any of them good? How would I know? Who can I trust? <laughs> not the people on t- YouTube or Twitter. That's so true. That's anyway. really the trouble of just ever finding anime. Sometimes that'll lead you to technolize, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it. We'll be back next month. Jackson Plugs. You can find me at Headfuls Off on Twitter.com. You can find the podcast at me and I'm due at abnormalmapping.com. You can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. If you'd like to support our shows, you can do that at patreon.com slash mapping. For $1 a month, you get the Great Gundam Project. Every Wednesday, we are watching Gundam Seed. We're coming up on the end of that. Uh, we're watching Voltez 5. We're really coming up on the end of that. And next season, we'll be watching uh, Super yep. S- Superior Defender Gundam Force. That's what it's called. Superior Defender uh, Gundam Force. The CG English language first kids Gundam show. Let's um, go. And- We'll be watching Digimon Tamers along with that, which will be great. Um, and uh, for five dollars, you get Blockbusters once a month. We break down uh, famous, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd say famous, famous like Hollywood movies, like scripts and just the weird places they sit in culture. We recently did one of the Ten Commandments for Easter, um, and next one we'll be doing iRobot for not Easter. Um, <laughs> and for ten dollars, you get VoIP Life, where every two weeks we just goof off. And, um, you know, our most, our upcoming VoIP life, uh, which should be out the same day as this, I think, <laughs> uh, we talk about monster cause Jackson read monster and we talk about monster for like 20 minutes, like spoiler talk about monster. Um, cause it felt it was kind of inappropriate for Gundam to just get deep into the spoilers on monster. Um, 
it's good. That's the that's the TLDR if you don't subscribe to Wave Life. We don't have anything groundbreaking to say about Monster. Yeah, we're not like, oh, you must pay for the, the hot Monster thing. <laughs> we just kind of read it and, and mostly enjoyed it. It was good. It's dumber than people say it is, and I mean that in a positive way, and I enjoyed it. That's it. Um, that's all. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Um, thank you, Liv, for coming and bringing us this ridiculous show and yeah. for putting up with it being bad and then watching Dallas instead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll be back next month for more anime.